Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, editor-in-chief of Miles to Memories, and I'm joined uh, today uh, for this third episode, we're really excited uh, by uh, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies. How are you doing today, Joe? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And also with us today is uh, Mark Osterman, uh, managing editor of Miles to Memories. How's your week been, Mark? Uh, it's been really busy. A lot of news going on this week. Uh, a lot of articles to write. So a little swamped. Trying to get ready before uh, the holiday weekend. So always a busy week. I hope your boss pays you well for uh, those articles. Yeah, yeah. He has uh, he has the best boss in the world. He pays me in free beers every, like, uh, six months. I think uh, you need to renegotiate your contract, buddy. <laughs> that's my, that's my opening offer with anybody when I'm negotiating. I just say, free beer, free beer. And beer and lobster. Yes. There you go. <laughs> now, if you, uh, this is episode three, and so excited about that. If you guys listened to the first couple episodes, you heard us talk about all kinds of different topics and had lots of uh, great reaction and uh, people writing in and saying how much they enjoyed it. You can... Uh, as a reminder, see all of our episodes at milestomemories.com forward slash podcast and all the links to subscribe. Uh, tell your friends, and uh, we'd really appreciate that. Wait, I got a quick question before we get to that. Did we get any uh, reviews that aren't from our wives? We have, we're have. we up to eight five-star reviews on I- iTunes. And three of those are written reviews, which are really good. So, How many of those were Mark's wife? Two of those. Well, Mark's just going to keep grabbing people's phones. Every time he sees they, has, they have an iPhone, he's going to subscribe them and then... Yeah, so if you don't want us to be supported by fake Mark reviews, uh, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you find <laughs> podcasts. We'd really appreciate that because uh, we're, we're nothing if not keeping it real, and we don't want fake reviews from this guy, Mark Osterman. Hey, my wife did it all on her own, though. I'll, I give her credit for that. It's the first thing that she's done or listened to or read of my work in quite some time. Your wife has officially listened to more minutes of you podcasting than my wife has. I'm only a couple hundred episodes behind you. That just shows how much she loves me, so whatever. <laughs> and in all seriousness, we want to make the best podcast, uh, so we want to earn those reviews. So if you do have any uh, suggestions or questions, email us at podcast at milestomemories.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Today, uh, either one of you guys have been stuck on uh, Delta vacations all day. Uh, that's what I've been doing, uh, booking trips using SkyMiles. Uh, I took a look at it a little bit, but I couldn't find anything that really works for me. Because uh, I have most of my trips already planned, so the only one I, I had left was Hawaii, but the prices just seemed a little bit too high for, for my liking. So, But I know that that's what you ended up booking, and I'm jealous of it. Yeah, and I saw 
Um, well, I saw that you're going to be talking about how you booked some Hawaii stuff later. And uh, I also saw Richard Kerr at the points guy wrote that it was working for Disney vacations. And normally I would jump on that stuff. But uh, first of all, it's kind of a crazy week for me. But then secondly, I've gotten to the point in my Disney vacations where I like to have the freedom to like kind of garden the reservations and change hotels, change flights, even with my JetBlue Mosaic and stuff like that. So even though it's like a huge outsized value, I'm getting two cents per Delta point when you're booking one of these Delta vacations packages, um, you know, I just decided to kind of let it go and not look. Cause if I look, I'm going to be really tempted to book. Yeah. And that's sort of what happened to me. Um, but I, I had a different use for it. I, I managed to use it for Alani, uh, which you can rarely ever get a good discount on. And, and the price was right with the, uh, the combined airfare and hotel discount. So going to Alani next year for my birthday and, uh, paid for it completely with Delta sky miles. So that was a pretty good day. No complaints here. I was uh, I was at the beach uh, right around the corner from there eating my free uh, six dollar sandwich <laughs> yes. with Arby's when I flew there for six hours. One of the, a couple of the people actually walked down there to buy stuff from the store, so I just thought that was kind of funny that you'll stare at my private beach while you're there. And for those of you, oh, first of all, all beaches in Hawaii are public. Osterman, come on. And then secondly, for those of you who don't know, Alani is Disney's uh, resort property over there in Oahu uh, on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. Yes, and uh, so I was able to get three round-trip tickets on Delta, um, plus uh, four nights there for around uh, 180000 at Delta Sky Miles, which would be about $3,600 in cash. Now, that's a lot of money. Uh, Alani is a very expensive place to stay, and I've had these Sky Miles sitting around for a long time, just waiting for the perfect redemption, and that turned out to be it. So it just worked out really good. All right, and uh, anything else you guys are up to before we get into the show? I'm actually heading back up north again uh, this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. So I'm trying to get everything wrapped up, uh, all the articles ready for this weekend. So I don't have to mess with it while I'm on the beach, uh, sipping some drinks, staring at the uh, beautiful water without any salt or sharks in it. Great Lakes for life. So everyone should pay attention to our Instagram this weekend because uh, they get all those beautiful uh, northern Michigan pictures that you always like to post. Oh yeah, Michigan's the best. What can I say? All right, each uh, week we wanted to do something a little bit more in-depth, and we wanted this week to talk about business credit cards because we think that they are perhaps one of the ways that you can uh, earn the most uh, miles and points if you're eligible, if you're able to do it. But we always get so many questions about business credit cards. So this week we're going to spend a few minutes, talk a little bit about business credit cards, some of the best offers, best ways to earn points, how you can go about getting them, and some tips and tricks that you should uh, know when trying to get different business credit cards. So. So let's uh, start out. What exactly is a small business credit card, Mark? When, when did you get your first small business credit card? Uh, I got the my first small business credit card was actually one of my first cards, and that's the Ink Plus. Uh, that was ooh, seven, eight years ago, something like that. So, and it's still probably my favorite card in my wallet. You can't get it anymore, but the Chase Ink Cash is pretty similar, just less uh, less limits on on the spend, but uh, or lower limits, I should say. Uh, so I actually uh, signed up for it uh, when I had a rental house. So I used that as my business, sold up, signed up as a sole proprietor. Uh, so that's how I got into it. I like business cards because they usually have larger bonuses than the personal cards. And uh, they usually have better spending uh, bonuses as well. So a lot of people think that they can't get a business card because they don't have a traditional business. But technically, anything that you're making money on is considered a business. Um, and you can do it as a sole proprietor. So selling on eBay, selling on Craigslist, um, 
doing stuff on Pinterest or Etsy, stuff like that, any any small thing could be considered a business. And a lot of banks will actually approve you even if you are just starting out because they want to gain that relationship. So when it grows into something bigger, they already have you um, into their uh, establishment. They already have you kind of hooked into their system, their ecosystem, so that you're you know, you, you open up a checking account with them then and, and a savings account, and they want all their stuff. They want you to use all your stuff in their one system. What what some people do think is that it's incredibly difficult to get a business credit card, and that's not always the case. Certain banks certainly, uh, like Chase, make it a little bit harder. But as you say, um, a lot of people who don't see themselves as being eligible for business credit cards ultimately find that they are. Um, I My first small business credit card was for a small reselling business, um, on eBay and Amazon. And then um, since then, I have several other businesses that are full corporations that have their own uh, small business credit cards. So yeah, you can go from either having it in your name or as you grow, you can get a, a employer identification number and then use that to apply. So this really is scales up from somebody just starting out an eBay business or just starting out a lawn mowing business or whatever type of business all the way up to you know big companies that are generating real revenue uh, and profit. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I have gotten lots of business cards in the past because I, you know, have various small business, whether it's a blog or podcasts or other things that I do. I would say, you know, I would say four or five years ago, people were, especially in the blogosphere, I think they were a lot more cavalier about, oh, you probably have a business. Have you ever sold sold something on eBay before? You have a business. Sign up for a business card. I would caution that I don't think that is, I used to say that too. But I just don't think that's like the way to go. I think you really should have a legitimate business that you're at least considering starting if you're going to apply for these cards. It's very tempting to go for these big bonuses, but I think you should put in some of the legwork to having a like real business. And I would say if you've been in this game for any time at all, you probably have started getting in on gift card reselling or other things that are trying to generate you more points. Um, and those are all legitimate businesses. So, you know, I would just say get a legitimate business. Some of them are much more simple, like Sean is saying, than you would think. Um, but, you know, make sure you have something actually there if you're going to apply. Yeah. And this goes with anything with credit cards. Um, this is a very basic principle. When you apply for a credit card or a loan or anything, you're, you know, you're saying what you put on the application is a fact. So make sure that it is a fact. So if you are starting a new business, tell the bank that. Um, if you have a certain amount of income or if your income is zero, tell the bank that. You know, Be honest, and uh, that's really what you're always going to have to do with credit cards. But as Joe said, there are all, all kinds of activities, uh, in, especially in the Miles and Points game, gift cards, all kinds of crazy stuff that we do that could qualify as business and certainly people do for a profit. So uh, sort of open your eyes to that. And there's also kind lots of opportunity there. And also remember that lots of businesses that people start to like for a living in the United States of America do not make money for a very long time. And so, you know, when you talk about gift card reselling, often you're selling them at like a small loss, but you, the points kind of make up for it. So, you know, those are definitely business. So you don't have to think that, oh, my business has to be making money to have the business. Um, You know, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, you know, make sure you're doing something business related. And Sean, you bring up a great point. Never lie to the banks. Um, Aside from the fact that you are probably committing fraud when you lie to the banks, the reason why I say you should never really lie to the banks is because if you burn a bridge with a bank, you kind of burn that bridge for life. And that's not really worth it for one credit card. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
And uh, I know for all of us, business credit cards are a big part of our earning portfolio um, because we do have our businesses now and our businesses are all pretty well established. Um, What are your go-to business credit cards, each of you guys, that you're using all the time to generate lots of points? Uh, My main one is the Inc. Plus, of course. Um, Inc. Plus? Yeah. (laughs) Five time, all the time, every day. I mean... The other ones I don't really use on a regular basis. That's that's the best one I can think of as far as everyday spend. Um, Blue Business Plus is the other one, I guess I should say. Uh, earning two times on everything up to $50,000 a year. So those are the two that I use the most often. Pretty much any Chase business card is a good good card, but you have to be under 524 to get them, so I can't, I can't get them any longer, which I wish I could. But hopefully in the next couple months, my wife drops under, and then she can get into it with her essential oils business, which has been losing money for years and years, Joe, you should know. <laughs> well, good for her. Good for her. It's America, baby. Um, yeah, I really like my Ink Plus as well, which still gets the 5X at office supply stores. Um, I also have an Ink Cash because, um, you know, I just wasn't, we had two Ink Pluses, but we just weren't spending $100,000. I mean, that's a lot. So even with everything that's going on, we weren't spending $100,000 a year at office supply store. So I dropped one to the ink cash. And so, you know, 75000 um, because there's a $25,000 cap on the 5X at office supply stores for the ink plus, um, for the ink cash, excuse me, was uh, much more palatable. Blue Business Plus, I had sock drawer for like maybe years, plural, um, just because, you know, I don't have enough bandwidth to be using that but i just bought a new computer for my playing of the video games and there was a 10 percent amex offer cash back on my blue business plus so i dusted that off bought my new computer and we'll be getting 10 percent back and we'll be playing video games whenever i'm not talking to you guys awesome you want to go to china next year instead of watching it on tv at four in the morning you want to compete right uh the international which is dota 2 my favorite game their main tournament was in china this year so i was telling these guys how tired i was but next year it's in stockholm so it's much more doable for me to go oh yeah so just a quick flight across the uh, atlantic that's lots of fun yeah i I have all those cards i'm actually a five ink household so uh, we managed to get for our different businesses five different chasing cards you're uh, cool baller before before they uh they shut all that down because we did have uh yeah so I just walk into to the Office Depot. I lay out my five ink cards, and I say, give me all the gift cards you can get. No, you play um, a credit card roulette at Staples, be like, just pick one. It doesn't matter. But yeah, we have long, and, and some of them we have actually downgraded, like you said, to ink cash, because um, we don't want to pay the annual fee. I'm always trying to, to keep that, because the ink plus is a card you can't get anymore, but it has a higher 5x uh, threshold than the ink cash. But yeah, I'm all about that. The blue business plus, we have two of those as well. Um, and that we try to max those out every year. It, it depends on your business. If your business is uh, sort of capital intensive, and there's times when mine is, um, I've also used you know just two percent cash back cards, things like that. When it gets down to uh, to the nitty gritty, when I really need uh, access to, to capital. But uh, yeah, I mean, anytime. Uh, first off, if you're if you have a business and you're not earning a, a great amount of rewards on it, I definitely look at what you're spending. Try to match a card with the categories that you're spending in. Um, there's bonus categories for everything from gas to advertising to all kinds of different expenses that businesses incur. So, you know, try to match that uh, to your spending. And a lot of times I meet business owners, people that are getting 1% back, sometimes not even that. And uh, so just by shifting that, they can get a whole lot uh, more. Uh, definitely a lot of opportunity with business credit cards. And I know that it's certainly a way I earn a vast majority of my points, I'd say. 
Oh, last card that I think should get some love. If you're like a really high spender, and this is probably mostly for people um, who are either have their own business already or are like ramping up a lot on gift card reselling, having the business American Express Platinum with the 35% rebate when you pay for flights with points, that's something you can consider uh, if you're racking up tons of membership rewards. I'm sure this is all on your website somewhere on miles to memories but you know i think that's a card that needs some love as well for sure all right quick tangent um credit card roulette have you guys ever played that that's one of my favorite things to do no i've only played it for like 30 dollar bills not like serious <laughs> bills <laughs> sean do you even do you know what it is no i really don't okay so what you go <laughs> you go we're doing it in uh november for our when we do our meetup We'll we'll have everybody get a drink and then we'll throw uh, we'll play credit card roulette. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'll play but... I'll I'll play it for three drinks. That's fine. <laughs> well, we're our meetup will have like forty people, so that will be interesting. But uh... JK, I'm not coming. Okay. <laughs> so what you do is uh, if you're going out to a dinner with like uh, friends or you know family or whatever, and everybody dines and runs up a tab, you know, a five hundred dollar tab or whatever it is, everybody puts in one credit card into a hat or whatever. And you shake it up, and then you have a uh, the waitress pull out a card one at a time, and the last card left has to pay the bill. Oh yeah, I've I've heard of that, but I just didn't know that it was called that. But yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> I've we, never uh... I'm undefeated, so that's why I like it. I think. Oh yeah, so you just always come out on top. I wonder how that happens, Mark. I mean, the yeah. odds are like very in <laughs> everybody's favor. I know. <laughs> we were uh, there was a group of like ten guys, and one guy got stuck with it two bars in a row. So I felt kind of bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey man that's that's why they play the games you know don't play if you're not gonna pay hey and if uh, your business happens to be related to the reason you're at that meal then it's uh, all tax deductible i suppose or some of it is anyway i'm not an accountant so seek uh, that sort of advice but uh, so good, now good disclaimer there. <laughs> <laughs> always uh but yeah now uh wanted to talk a little bit about uh our sponsor today um that's travel freely and that's our recommended way to organize credit cards um last week i know joe had signed up for travel freely he had started entering in his information joe have you had a chance to play around with it a little bit more still entering my information it does take quite a while when you have a lot of credit cards yeah it does um thankfully the the interface is pretty good and pretty simple and um, if you already know what type of card you have, it has it all in the drop down. So you select the card that you have and it, it'll track the annual fee and it'll tell you when your annual fee is going to be due in a year. It'll tell you how much uh, you have left to spend to hit the sign up bonus for that card. So uh, once you get everything in there, it really is uh, doing that. And I noticed that uh, this week when I signed up, I had uh, input all of my annual fees. I noticed I have an annual fee coming due just this week. I got an email from them uh, reminding me of that. And uh, it also reminds me constantly that I'm way over 524 as well. So um, really, really uh, enjoying Travel Freely. I've been using it for a few months. Um, they also show the best offers no matter uh, whether they get paid a commission or not. And they tailor those offers based on the cards that you have. So uh, best part, it's absolutely free to sign up. It's, uh, you can sign up right now at milestomemories.com forward slash go forward slash TFpod. That's milestomemories.com forward slash go forward slash TF pod sign up for free. doesn't cost anything. And I guarantee you that you're going to love the service travel freely. Wow. The Sean guarantee that's serious. Yeah. I mean, it's a great service. I like it. All right. And uh, now we're going to get into, I think what's going to be a fun part of the show uh, where we're going to each week 
uh, talk about what's hot in the miles and points world, a topic that we may agree on, we may not agree on, uh, try to give you a different perspective on it. And this week we thought we would uh, resurrect a topic that we know is constantly in the minds of people and everybody's constantly talking about it. Um, are the best days of miles and points in the past? Is the miles and points hobby dying? Is it dead? Where is it all going? You know, what sort of challenges do you see right now in the miles and points world? What sort of challenges are people sort of getting into it facing that maybe we didn't face even a year ago? I mean, the biggest challenge challenges the, the, the rules that are constantly changing, the anti-churning rules, the going after people that are hunting bonuses, uh, you know, people that basically maximize and, and suck every ounce of value out of the partnership they can, which usually means that you're not really profitable for the bank for, for a majority of the time. So they're trying to devise new plans and new ways to stop that from happening. So it's making it harder on people like us that, that know the rules, know the game, know how to play it, know how to win it. Um, so they're, they're constantly pushing us back, which is making it harder to, to build our stashes of points. Um, which is a real setback to me because I used to just burn them and burn them and burn them because I could easily get a new bonus, sign up for a new card, and now it's getting harder and harder that you have to be more judicious on how you spend them, when you spend them, when to pay cash, where I used to never pay cash for anything. Now I'm finding myself paying cash more and more often because it's harder to accrue points than it used to be, even two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that the anti-churning rules are definitely hurting and banks are definitely making it much more difficult to earn points and airlines are making it more confusing and difficult to burn points. So yeah, it's definitely becoming harder on both ends, both the earning and the burning. At the same time, you know, I feel like people who are pretty steeped in the hobby, who are pretty hardcore about it, who like, you know, wake up thinking about award space and people like that, people like us, um, probably a lot of you that are listening to this podcast, even though things have become harder, you know, there's still plenty of ways to be successful. You know, I am mildly worried about finding a work space for my family of five, but I still have confidence that the game is still in an environment where I can still do that. I think who's really getting hurt, um, and you may or may not think this is a good or bad thing, depending on your perspective, but I think people who are getting hurt are the more casual people, like my friends who only sign up for one or two cards a year and are just trying to like defray the cost of their vacations. You know, I think they're able to, you know, if you think four years ago when Chase Sapphire Reserve came out, everyone got the 100,000 point bonus. People's mothers literally were getting the card and using it to fund their trips. Um, you know, I think that's getting harder for the general public. And so I think that's who the miles and points game is dying for. But in terms of medium to hardcore enthusiasts, I don't think it's uh, much of a problem. So I tend to disagree. I think that the average people are really the bread and butter for the banks and these loyalty programs. That They're the ones who are going to continue to target. Um, but yeah, in targeting them, they're certainly going to make it less lucrative for those of us who really pay attention to the programs and try to collect lots of points. Um, the outsized value just isn't there a lot of the time anymore. And uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. First off, we always hear about the economy, right? The economy has been growing for a long period of time and the banks are making more money than ever. So they have a less reason to be generous. And of course, hotels are more occupied, uh, planes are fuller. All that's true. But I think the real reason that we're seeing sort of it become harder is technology. I think that these companies are getting better profiles of us as customers. They're getting better profiles of what kind of customers that they want. And they're slowly tweaking things um, to, you know, make it so their profile of customer is a more profitable one. And they're seeing all of these sort of 
fringe activities where people are staying within the rules, but taking advantage of them. They're trying to close up as many of those opportunities as possible. Yeah, I definitely think you're right about that. I mean, that's what is making it harder for, you know, hardcore enthusiasts. But I think what you're saying, though, that the banks are targeting like the regular Joes, not me, for these cards, I think that is why, like, I think for those people, miles and points are kind of dead. They end up using them for, you know, either bad redemptions or iPads or something like that, which, you know, if you have millions of points is a good redemption, but if you have thousands of points, maybe it's not such a good redemption. So, you know, I think... Banks are making more money off the regular folk, but that means that the regular folk are not getting as much value out of their miles and points. I still think that provides us a little bit of an opportunity to get outsized value out of our miles and points, but we need to stay one step ahead of the banks. And of course, that's always becoming uh, more and more difficult. You know, the meta uh, game of the miles and points hobby is always evolving and changing, and we kind of need to stay on top of that. Yeah, that's true. And anybody who's been around for long enough knows that. I mean, even if you look at what we had five or six or seven years ago, that stuff, is, we've had so many things come and go over that period of time. Things are always changing. So different strategies for earning, different loopholes. Um, you know, I talk about the uh, the Delta Vacations deal today. That's an opportunity, um, in my opinion, to, to get really great value that comes along. Things like that do come along. So uh, as you said, it, it pays to pay attention. Um, to find these opportunities. And you're right, the average people are becoming more aware of miles and points. So they're maybe accumulating them via one or two credit cards and and finding them harder to spend. Um, So there's more maybe miles and points out there, more competition for that stuff. I'm definitely not somebody who thinks that there's no opportunity uh, going forward. Do you think, do you guys think that, um, you know, we see where we're at, we see where we've come in the last few years with all these restrictions. Do you think it's going to continue to get worse? Or do you think that uh, we're going to hit a point where the banks and uh, travel companies and loyalty programs are going to have to pull back a little bit and start to be a little bit more generous. Uh, one thing I wanted to say first before we get into that is the thing that kind of bothers me the most about the, the rules and, and everything is the uh, like American Express where it's you don't really know why you're getting the pop-up. And, and the pop-up is a thing that when you go to apply for a card, even if you never had it before, you might get it saying you're not eligible for this bonus because we think that you've gamed the system or whatever, but nobody knows what causes that. And and that bothers me that they're not upfront or, you know, hey, if you want to tell me you can't get it because of this, this, and this, that's fine. But to just tell me I can't get a card that I've never had before for no reason other than you just feel like it's, you know, your right to do it, it bothers me. Like with Chase, the 524, everybody knows it. It's it's pretty standard, and I respect that that they're upfront about it, even if they haven't come out and said it directly. Everybody knows it. Where American Express, even people that have never had an American Express card, are getting the pop up. So their system's broken. I think it's shady. I don't like the way they do business. Uh, the last couple of years, when American Express used to be the best company as far as customer service and the way they took care of their card members, I think I don't know what's happened. If it's just them losing the the market share to Chase. So they're just fighting back, and the profitability isn't there as the way it used to be. But I wanted to bring that up as something that bothers me. As to your question, I think the only thing that could maybe turn it around is is a downturn in the economy where they're losing subscribers, uh, losing signups. Uh, the profitability drops down where people aren't using their credit cards as much or they're not finding worthy applicants to get new ones that they might have to release, release the strain on allowing us type of people like us that have great credit but – are maybe not the the most profitable customers. They might have to open the doors to us just to get uh, their top line figures back up. At least that's in theory the way I think it would work. But I don't know what you guys think on that. 
Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think that um, we're not going to see any long-term changes to loyalty programs, even if the economy goes bad. So I think we might see promotions, things like that. But I don't think that they're going to make structural changes to make them more generous. I think over the last few years, they've changed programs. In some cases, like Bonvoy or World of Hyatt, they've completely rebirthed brand new programs uh, that were much more profitable for the companies. And I don't think we're going to see those programs go away. Um, if anything, we'll just see sort of promotions. But I think that that's a good point that you bring up, Mark. I mean, Joe, do you think when we're talking about, um, you know, it's sort of being unfair with the banks and the regulation, do you think that we're heading into a world where banks and loyalty programs are going to be regulated even more? I think that is a little bit above my pay grade. But if I had to guess, the American economy is generally predicated on people making money. And credit card companies make a lot of money by causing the majority of Americans to rack up credit card debt so that they can charge high interest rates. So until the laws change about interest rates and things like that, even if things become more regulated, credit card companies are always going to be offering value uh, up front in the hopes that you give them value down the road. So as long as you know you stay wise about how you're using your credit cards, like everyone always says in this game, pay off your balances in full, um, don't rack up debt, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's always going to be chances to stay ahead of the banks. I guess a corollary to that question is, will they continue to offer rewards in the travel space? And I guess it's possible that that changes, but I think if anything, we've actually seen them move towards more travel offerings because they like people got so excited about the Chase Sapphire Reserve and stuff. And so... I'm not too pessimistic. Um, you know, I feel like every couple of years people say the sky is falling and I have yet to see it fall. And, you know, I've been in the game for like seven, eight years. And honestly, I think, yes, I'm definitely wiser now about how to play the game, but it's better now for me than it was when I first started back in the chase after I preferred days all the way back then. And I was going to say that's a profound statement uh, that it's more valuable to you today than it even was back when everything was easier. And I think it's a perfect example of how there is definitely still opportunity and how you got to pay attention and study and learn just like with anything, but certainly there's uh, still fantastic opportunities. And I agree. I don't see that the, the fundamentals of this industry are going to change anytime soon. If anything, uh, loyalty, the affinity game, these loyalty programs have grown uh, to become more powerful and they're just everywhere in our lives today. And I think that we're just going to see them get stronger and bigger and more mature over time. Now, my, my biggest fear is, uh, you know, we've seen merchants pu pushing back on the fees that the the cards uh, charge them when you use them at the stores. And some stores have stopped, you know, Kroger, a, a couple of the smaller Kroger brands stopped taking Visa cards because of the fees they charge. And that they charge high fees to pay off the, the rewards that they're giving us. And that's why business cards can pay so much to us in, in terms of rewards, because they charge a much higher fee when we go to use it. So I could see maybe that, that pushback happening where the banks might have to cut back on rewards because they're getting lower fees. I don't know if that's going to happen. I know that's the way it's been trending a little bit the last six months to a year, but I don't know that, that they'll ever get far, far enough to do it. But there's been lawsuits and whatnot, so that's something that we have to keep our eye on to see if that affects our earning capability when they when the merchants are unwilling to pay the higher fees to the, to the visas and the mastercards and that type of thing. Yeah, that's a great point. I forgot about that aspect and I'm totally worried about that too. I mean, that's why you don't see these kinds of credit card rewards in other countries because uh, the transaction fees just aren't as big. 
Yeah, absolutely. They've been regulated in other countries. And uh, you speak to the to the Kroger thing. I'm um, Smith's is the main Kroger brand, which is local to me in Las Vegas, that does not take Visa anymore. So one of my best earning cards earns 3x at grocery stores. It's a Visa card. I can't use it at Smith's. Um, it's heartbreaking. But clearly Kroger, even what, though it's only what that What card one, is that, Sean? Why don't you share what card that is? Oh, it's the CNB, the Crystal Visa Infinite. Um, the best. Yes, it's so good. But I can't use it at my Smiths when they have great deals because because they don't take Visa anymore. So that's definitely uh, Kroger is a huge company. Clearly, they're trying to make some sort of a statement by only taking this one brand, and um, or at least I don't know if there's another smaller brand, but it's they haven't done it nationwide. So we, I think that we will see uh, more pushback. We certainly saw that with Costco and American Express going back and forth over uh, fees, and Costco ultimately won that argument. Uh, by getting much lower fees from uh, City and Visa than what American Express was willing to deal with. So that is probably the biggest challenge, I'd say, to uh, credit card rewards is, uh, is the merchants pushing back or, and or legislation limiting rewards and limiting merchant fees, swipe fees, like we've seen with debit cards. That's why debit cards no longer have rewards. So, yeah, it's a lots of interesting and fun stuff coming. But like Joe said, we're all still earning decent numbers of points and still traveling a lot, aren't we? For sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, lastly, we want to end the show each week with a few quick hits, uh, deals, promos, things that you should be looking out for. Um, and this week, uh, we had a number of uh, promotions get released. Uh, Hilton, uh, we'll start with Hilton. Hilton released their uh, fall promo for stays um, through uh, January 5th, September 9th through January 5th. They're offering uh, 2x points on every stay or 3x if you pay with a Hilton credit card. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to sign up, you can sign up on the Hilton site. You guys have anything interesting to say about that promo? Uh, not really. I don't. I don't normally pay cash at Hilton because their uh, their point values are usually pretty pretty static as far as what you get for them. So I usually book points um, unless it's there's a great promo. And I guess if you're stacking this with like an Aspire card, your Diamond status, and the three time, and you're getting I don't even know what that would e- equate like fifty, sixty times per dollar. That could be valuable, so maybe you would want to switch over to a cash rate if it's a pretty good deal, especially if you're if you're a business um, person that's traveling and works paying for it, then this is just money in the bank. But for me personally, I probably won't take advantage of it, but I could see why somebody would. Yeah, same. I'm generally paying for Hilton stays with uh, points, although you know I don't think you'll earn 50 or 60x, right? Because I doubt. If you are, then I would change my mind because if the 3x is not off your base points, but it's like multiplying all your multipliers, then yeah, that might be worth it. Alrighty. And uh, yeah, and I always suggest just registering for these promos, even if you're not sure if you're going to use them. Um, Sometimes you get stuck in the airport and they put you up in a hotel. You can get points for that. All kinds of weird stuff can happen. So I always register my accounts just in case, um, even though I don't have any plans to go out of my way to spend uh, at Hilton. Yeah, I've definitely been burned by not registering for promos that I thought I wasn't going to use and then ending up in that exact kind of situation. So that's good advice. I double that. <laughs> I concur. Moving on, Hyatt is, uh, they released, they recently uh, went through some changes where they made a bunch of hotels more expensive. And a lot of those hotels are now on sale. Um, through November 30th, uh, you can find uh, the details of this on the Miles to Memories website. Um, but there's certain... Hotels uh, like the Andas Mayakoba, Grand Hyatt Athens, uh, Grand Hyatt Playa del Carmen, and a bunch of others that are on sale 25% off on award nights 
and 25% off on points and cash. So the list uh, varies, but uh, definitely take a look at that. So if there's a hotel you had an eye on that recently went up, some of these nicer properties, uh, they're going to be on sale through uh, November, uh, depending on the property, October or November. So take a look at that. With the new setup on the points points and cash where it's not like a set rate anymore and it's 50% of the rack rate for the points and cash booking where it used to be a set like $75 for a category two or whatever it was, even at 25% off, I don't know if that's a good deal because the rate's so much higher than it used to be. Yeah, and you're going to be paying 25%. As far as I understand, the 25% on the points and cash part is only on the points portion. So at those hotels, I don't think it's quite as good, although there is a decent list of about 15 hotels that are purely 25% off on points. Um, like the Andas Mayakoba, for instance, that actually recently went up from 15 to 20,000 points. So it's basically just going back down to its old rate if you book under this promotion. So um, definitely something to look at if you were interested, see the list, see if those hotels are, are worth it. But uh, like, as you say, always, uh, Mark, always crunch the numbers, make sure it makes sense. Also, speaking of promotions, the last promotion to talk to you about this week, uh, IHG has their Accelerate promotion now live. That's their... Garbage. (laughs) Garbage. It depends. Trash. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I will say like one out of the last 12 uh, times they've they've run this promotion or whatever it's been over the last few years, I've actually gotten targeted for some good deals. So like five years ago, you got a good deal. (laughs) <laughs> it's always worth always worth registering and checking and uh, and see. Sometimes you'll get lots of points for just a couple stays. Most of the time, you're going to have to jump through a lot of hoops to not get a lot. So it's not always great. But uh, again, you can find the link on the Miles to Memories website. Finally, I wanted to talk about uh, what I think is the best uh, car rental promotion is now coming back. One, two, free from National Car Rental. And uh, we'll have to do something more in depth on National because there's lots of great opportunity there. Uh, with getting status and with renting from them. But uh, if you uh, are not familiar, every year they run this promotion uh, where you get one day free for every uh, two rentals. Especially if you do a lot of shorter rentals, you can really uh, rack up the the rentals. I think last year I ended up getting uh, five or six different free nights uh, from rentals because I had a a lot of rentals for my business. So uh, it's definitely a promotion I always do, and it's one that you should always uh, register for. You needed a big uh, Yukon to put all those creepy dolls in there for reselling, right? Yes, exactly. I, I earn free nights by uh, renting cars and filling them with creepy dolls. That uh, describes my Walmart's life quite personally. I buy, I buy creepy dolls. And I stick them in my big Yukon. Yes, I mean, that's uh, that unfortunately is a pretty accurate description of uh, why I earned all those free nights last year. But uh, God, Mark knows me too well. It's not fair. But yeah, it's a great promotion, and I love renting from National. Uh, if you have executive status through the Platinum card, or the MX Platinum, or various other ways, you can just go right to the executive aisle, pick anything that they have. If they don't have anything good, they're often uh, uh, willing to work with you. Uh, a couple weeks ago in Boston, they had nothing good. I walked right up. And I said, can I have that Infinity Q50 that they had in the upgrade aisle? He said, sure. I got it for free. So all kinds of great stuff with uh, National. Uh, if you can learn the program, and like I said, we'll do that uh, more in depth another time because I think there's lots of cool opportunity there. That's it for the quick hits this week. They were quick. And that concludes it for episode three of the Miles to Memories podcast. Once again, we're so happy that you guys are tuning in and listening each week. We want to hear feedback, uh, questions. Email us at podcast at milestomemories.com. And if you really are enjoying the show and listening to the show, leaving reviews really, really does help us out. And we want the show to reach as many uh, people as possible. So, uh, yeah, leave a review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 
uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Last FM, Spotify, anywhere where they take reviews. It really will help us out. Um, and you can also find all the links to subscribe, milestonmemories.com forward slash podcast. And uh, thanks again for being there, and thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Talk to you next week. See ya. Peace. Maybe you uh, you heard Mark talk a little bit about why he only goes down to Orlando to visit McDonald's, and uh, most uh, likely you heard how Joe. All right. Yeah, you forgot the creepy old guy part. I know. I don't want to say that though. All right. Uh... <laughs> also, enough with the McDonald's, man. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make it an inside joke, but yeah, it's too much. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back down the line. Everybody has an opinion on this, and I'm sure you guys do too, right? No. You going, no Joe, opinions. or me? No opinions. <laughs> All right. Well, then who, uh, who put their hand up first? <laughs> it's a good segment, Sean.